0: Now, here's automotive expert, television, and radio host, Alan Ooh.
1: Taylor. Oh, we're on? Oh, oh well, welcome back.
0: Oh, geez.
1: <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> BJ, I was at Bear Jackson for a week. I, I haven't even recovered yet.
2: Yeah, oh. I can imagine that would take a long time to recover. Oh, it was a packed day and week, everything, wasn't
1: it? I was there nine days, and I was going to try right. to record a show, But they had me doing the, uh, I did the symposiums every morning, and I did, so like an hour-long symposium every morning, and then I'd have to run over to another stage and do product reviews with people from the marketplace, because as you know, it's a collector car auction and exhibition, and the exhibition part of it is everything from all the cool stuff to the, you know, being able to drive the cars and doing, you know, they had the T-Rex trucks out there, and they were literally... Flying them through the air Going over jumps With people in them How cool is that I, I know It was crazy And then <laughs> uh, You know The What is it uh, Was it the uh, Maybe they had some Mustangs And Corvettes Or whatever And and Challengers Or Chargers Down below Doing like All oh, I could hear Is like, all day long, you know, and then, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, the noise. I'm
2: sure it was fun, but you had your pictures. You saw everybody that you knew there, huh? Tim Allen it's, and oh, yeah. Courtney Hanson, and I mean, the list just went on and on, yeah. didn't it?
1: Yeah, it was fun, though. Probably the fun thing was to, to become better friends with Bobby Alloway, who I know you know. Yes. I, I had no yes. idea he was literally the sweetest man in the world. Just a and, nice and man. funny.
2: Funny he is too. funny. He makes
1: fun of him. He's self deprecating humor like me. I love that. And you know what? Yeah. It's the first thing out of his mouth on stage, he goes, Well, I ain't got much of an uh, you know, education. And uh, so when I because I talked about, you know, what do you think about technology? He goes, You know, the no only technology I got in my office is a fax machine and I have to have my secretary do that for me. <laughs> and I'm like a fax machine, nobody uses them anymore. But the nicest. Well, Bobby guy. Does. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I bet he does. But uh, I, I got to sit down with him and Chip Foos and Don Perdom, Um We're sitting there having a talk and just the coolest conversation. just regular car guys, you know. Just, yep, just yep. neat just to watch and see what's going on, what they're talking about and just sit there and just soak it all in. but and then yet yeah, to your point, Tim Allen was there and, and uh, he had his brother, I can't remember his brother's name now, but uh, he's got several brothers. And yes, so, but he
2: looks like, the brother looks like Tim.
1: Yeah, he does. And yeah. uh, Tim was very, very nice. Sometimes he's in a bad mood if he's buying or selling a car, but he was in a really funny <laughs> mood. And
2: So what was your car of the show? What did you like best?
1: You know, it's impossible. There's no way. It's like, there's no possible way. It's like seeing a thousand butterflies or, t- or t- uh, 10,000 butterflies and going, which one's the prettiest? They were all amazing. You know what I mean? There wasn't one car there that I thought, what is that doing here? Okay, okay. there was. There was a Dodge Colt. (laughs) Are you ready (laughs) for that? I remember going, wait a minute. What did that guy say? A Dodge Colt? 1990? (laughs) But it only had 34,000 original miles, and it looked brand new. And I thought to myself, well, okay, yeah. It's it's 1990, so what is it? 32 years old with only 34,000 miles. And so I was watching it. It was stuck on two thousand bucks, and then it went to three thousand bucks. And I thought to myself, "Well, I guess I'm out. I don't know yeah, what it I sold for." Were yeah. you going to buy it? <laughs> well, I, you know, for two thousand bucks with thirty-four thousand miles, why not? You know, a good little commuter yeah. car. But uh, I think one of my friends bought it. I think he bought it in the threes somewhere. But yeah, there are always some car that you you know, look at and go, "What is that doing here?" And Then you'll find out. Oh, it's only got like the one. You know, the, the the one that I was, I, you know, I don't want to talk too much about it because then everybody knows what I want to buy. But there was one I wanted to buy. <laughs> and uh, as soon as I opened my big fat mouth, everybody wanted it, you know, and that's what happens. Yeah. So it's, it's like playing poker. You know what I'm saying? It really yep. is. And
2: there, there were some good non-charity vehicles that sold. I think, what was it, the... Two thousand four uh, Porsche Carrera GT went for almost two million, and yeah. there was a McLaren P1 that went for one point seven, and the GT Heritage one point six. There were there were some big bucks that went out that door this weekend, wasn't there?
1: Well, un, un, you know, two hundred and three million dollars, two hundred and three million twelve dollars in sales over seven days, eighteen hundred fifty seven vehicles, eleven hundred fifty three automobilia items and 100 percent sell rate so in other words everything sold uh 50th anniversary of barrett jackson was amazing we'll take a little break and come back and talk more bj colleen the voice of reason in my automotive universe stay with us shopping cars online is a hassle or is it You'll probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search.
0: Is The Drive with Alan Taylor.
1: And thanks to our sponsors such as Subaru. We appreciate Subaru for uh, being a part of our world. And uh, BJ Colleen joining us. BJ, um, I will tell you, I I saw Craig Jackson at the very end. And after he sold uh, 200, $200 million worth of cars and stuff. I didn't know what to say to the guy. I don't know if you've ever been in that <laughs> position. He's like, there no. he is. You know, he's just a guy. He's the same age as me, you know. And there he is, Craig Jackson, standing there laughing. And I stand in there. He looks at me and, and he didn't say anything. And so I thought, all right, well, here's my chance. I go, hey, Craig, thank you. I said, after two years of this pandemic crap, you have reignited my passion, the flame of passion for the car hobby. Thank you. And he goes, well, yeah, thank you. He says, yeah, you're exactly right. He says, I think that, you know, Barrett Jackson, this big thing, you know, this auction here, you know, he kind of had his own way of putting his words on. I can't remember. He says, this really is for the beginning of the year. He says, this is our Super Bowl, isn't it? He says, because I feel the same way. And it was it was kind of neat. You know, listen. There was about five masks out of 100,000 people. So people were, <laughs> right. and it was people like, you know, they're it. pushing they're each other, over. get out of the way, watch out, give me a beer, whatever, you know, it's like, they're elbow to elbow and cheek to cheek, and it was amazing, and uh, I don't know, I, we'll see, I mean, if, um, if there's any fallout from huh. it, but I don't think there's going to be, personally.
2: I have to ask you a question yes. because I was stuck in New York last week. Yeah. And I barely made it out on Friday before Storm Giddens showed up. Yeah. And it was freaking cold. So tell me it was beautiful <laughs> weather in Scottsdale.
1: Oh my gosh. It was cold in the morning. It was like 35. But then by one o'clock, you know, 67, 68, 69, 70 degrees every day.
2: Every day. Oh man.
1: Yeah. It was beautiful.
2: I, I I don't know why people live in New York and you know, the New Yorkers are entertaining because the minute the light changes at the stoplight, they're on the horn. I mean, within milliseconds, <laughs> I don't understand. I, you know, there's no place to go. It just turned green. What do you want me to I do? Know, and right? it was numerous times. Oh
1: my god. I, I don't god. get it. <laughs> well, uh, the only thing I could say about Barrett Jackson was the, the probably the best, best Barrett Jackson I've ever been to. And I've been to like 27 in a row and uh it was amazing the people were amazing the the cars were amazing the prices were completely off the hook yeah (laughs) but you know what i don't want to forget we got to talk about some new car test drives which is what you're about to do with the genesis gv70 first of all tell the world what that is
2: well, the uh, Genesis GV70, Genesis is the up-level brand for Hyundai, kind of like Lexus and Toyota and Lincoln and Ford, and I think everybody knows the story, you know, the up-level brands. We saw the the uh, a startup of all the up-level brands with Acura and Honda years and years and decades ago, but that's what Genesis is, and uh, they're kind of the newest guys on the market. I think they've only been around for six years, which is Hard to believe because they're doing so well. They've got five models now in the market. They've got a all-new GV60 battery electric vehicle coming up soon. There's going to be a GV70 electrified. Unfortunately, they're going to all electrified vehicles, too, because they actually were going to be one of the companies working on hydrogen along with Toyota, but it looks like they're giving that up. I think the government is putting too much pressure on them like everybody else. But yeah. the GV70 is a 2022, was introduced in 21. It won Motor Trends SUV of the Year for 2022. It's the newest SUV from Genesis. It is in the compact category. It fits under the GV80, which is their bigger full-size one. And to give you an idea, the competitors are like the RDX from Acura, the Audi Q5, BMW X3. But it actually has more cargo space and a longer wheelbase than most of those. It's a five-passenger. It's two engine choices. You get the 2.5 or 3.5 liter engines. What's nice is that 2.5 comes with 300 horsepower and 311 pound-feet of torque. The 3.5 jumps up to 375 horsepower and 391 pound-feet of torque. And the vehicles are reasonably priced, which is nice for Genesis. It starts about 41 5 The 3.5 starts at 53 But you can load it up to about 65000 with everything on it. So yeah. that's pretty good. Bunch of different trim levels. Sports, Sport Advanced, Sport Prestige trims. Got an 8-speed automatic transmission. <laughs> it has drive modes. It's actually a really, really nice vehicle, and the first time I drove it, I was stunned because it's a very solid vehicle. You kind of expect, because I drive a compact SUV, the Corsair, and it feels good, but this car is just solid. I mean, just solid. It weighs between 4,000 and 4,500 pounds, depending Mm. on how you you, um, deck it out is very fast off the throttle the steering is really reactive and well weighted it has a launch control mode which i didn't get to try out because i was in the city of manhattan and that would be impossible but right. you know you got brembo brakes as an option that just great level of stopping confidence and the audio system is an upgraded lexicon with 18 speakers. Really, for a, a vehicle in this segment, it is definitely worth checking out. The only problem is trying to find one now. I know. Because there aren't any around.
1: I think that's why uh, cars were selling so high at Barrett-Jackson. I uh, recorded Tim Allen talking to somebody. and Maybe I'll play that when we come back. <laughs> You're going to laugh. Don't go anywhere. We're talking with BJ Colleen. It is the drive. Let
3: him, let him hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. I love it. Love game and play.
1: Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit bybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking.
0: Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor.
1: So one of the guys, BJ, that... Uh is almost always at Barrett-Jackson is comedian Tim Allen from Home Improvement and Santa Claus and... uh, Toy Story. Toy Story. Last Man Standing, his TV show. He did tell me that he's got a new TV show going to be coming out. It's going to blow everybody away. I cannot disclose what it is. I might be uh, breaking a friendship there, which I don't want to do after... You know, the thirty years of him being cool to me—I don't want that to end. You know what I
2: mean? Um, (laughs) I'm sure it's going to be great, and I'll be the first one to watch it. So yeah,
1: when we were talking, I go, "What what do you think about these electric cars?" He goes, "Oh, what are you kidding? I've got a plaid." And I go, "You have a a, what? You what?" And and of course, you know, then we started, you know, just hammering on each other. I'm like, "How can you do that? You betrayed us," you know. And (laughs) and so I said, uh, I said, "Well, you know," and he goes, "But I have a demon too. I have a demon." And So hold on. I'm just going to play this because this is too funny. So I said, do me a favor. I said, I know the, the president of Dodge, and maybe he'll make even a higher horsepower model if you ask him to. So here you go. This is what it is. Here you go. In my garage, I've got the Demon, my favorite car on
4: the planet Earth, the best of the best. Next to it, Leno made me buy a Plagg. It's got 1,000 horsepower. The Demon's over here call me a you, little, easy little Here and drive a real car. Again, the Tesla Tesla, you know, I've got a thousand horsepower. You know what would be really cool? I know it's impossible if somehow my demon had a little over a thousand horsepower so I could take that Tesla and show it what it is. But I'm sure that's probably impossible, right? To get a thousand horsepower. Call it something else. Call it
1: Tim Allen special. <laughs> right. So love call that. it the Tim yeah. Allen special. But you know, he is a he's a hardcore car guy. But let me tell you, it's hard to resist. I talked to a friend yesterday that has one of these plaids. And I go, what did you pay for that? A hundred and fifty grand for oh, a yeah. Tesla, for an electric car, right? Oh, yeah,
2: and, and they're recalling nearly 54,000 vehicles because they hold oh, no. stop signs now. Oh, so, no. So, <laughs> you know, people love them. Get a Lucid. If you're going to spend that kind of money, the Lucid, to me, is better looking. It's got a nicer looking interior and not oh, as many problems, so but funny. it's also around 125,000. So, well,
1: it's, I, You know, we, it's you know, we do know Dodge has already, they've leaked it, that they're going to come out with something extraordinary in electric. And, right. you know, we've heard that. and. And but I, I I can't imagine that they're going to let go of the flagship demon of 840 horsepower. They've got they've got to have something up their sleeve. They've got to. So that was the conversation we were having. You could tell in the background was the auction. It was hard to hear, but just fun. That's the kind of guy he is, right there. I can't believe you know he let me record it and he, it's video and everything. And so I sent it to. Uh, Tim, the the president of Dodge, and he's like laughing and saying, this is great. But you know what? That's the fun thing about our hobby, though, is that everybody can communicate freely with each other. I love that.
2: And you're right. He is a true automotive enthusiast, just like Jay Leno is, and they believe in all cars. You know, yep. they they're not like us. We get a little snobby when it comes to Tesla and electric vehicles, but they want stuff that's got power. And we know that electric vehicles have power. They've got all that torque down yeah. you know, instantly. So they, they love that and they appreciate it. And there's nothing better than talking to somebody who's a real car guy and not just a passing enthusiast yep. because they get it, you know, just like you and I do, and so it's wonderful. It really you know,
1: is. and it's funny, I talked to the count, Danny Coker is his name. I can't think of his show. What's it called? Like it's, it's out of Las Vegas there.
2: Yeah, um, I don't remember. Either, Counts
1: Cars or about. something like that. Yeah. Count, oh, it's, yeah. called, uh, it's called the Counts Customs or I don't know, whatever it is. Anyway, he had a Shelby Series 1 that sold for like 400000 bucks. He was there. Chip Foose was there and they sold the first car from overhauling. There was so many stars. Oh, the Pitbull guy was there. He sold right. a yeah. He sold a car for I don't know. It was like five hundred thousand bucks all for charity, but there was a lot of celebrities there. But when we get back to your uh, Genesis GV70, how much are those? Just curious.
2: It starts around forty-one, right, and the top of the right. line's out the door with pretty much everything on it at sixty-five. So when you think about what the competition, BMW and everybody else, is offering, you know, you're getting an amazing luxury vehicle with amazing features at a really good price, and yep. it's just well worth looking at. That's so.
1: right. I just I forgot to write the price yep. down when I was doing this. Yep. I got to say, I think yep. that the Genesis is doing a fantastic job. Their cars look good. Their SUVs look good. I just, I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear somebody's driving them because there's been so few test drive cars in the last part of the year because of the fact that the car makers aren't getting the chips to be able to make the cars. And, And I think that's also what drove the prices up at Barrett Jackson is, you know, I haven't been able to buy a car for two years. I want to get a new truck, whatever it is. People are not, they don't want to pay that premium. Versus a classic well, or collector car, they don't mind because they think, well, maybe listen, maybe like gold and silver, it's going up, it's going to hold its value. I don't know, but I, I, I'll take my chance. And they and, said you know,
2: it's, it's going to be another year before we probably see any relief. And as a matter of fact, GM just had a profit drop of forty percent in the last quarter because of the chip shortage. So really? It's not pretty, not Ooh. pretty for anybody.
1: Wow, gosh, that's crazy. I know. Anyway, all right, well, so um, I was, I'm, I'm just. Uh, I'm a little bit for clumped. I don't know if that's the right word. For whatever it is. Because I come back from Barrett Jackson, and now everything that I see on, you know, whether I'm looking at autotempest.com, I do a search, I'm like, oh, I got to buy that. I got to buy that. One just sold for 400000 <laughs> You know, it really messes with your head. I got to tell you.
2: So yeah, the, the, I feel bad for the people that need to buy a car now.
1: I know. But it, what happens is it's going to drive the prices, continue to drive the prices up. When everything is bringing such a huge premium right now, just to be able to get your hands on one, there was a um, a um, uh, what was it called a Hummer, uh, you know H one. that was like I don't know, it was like ridiculous. I, I tried to go buy one yesterday. I'm like my wife's like no no no. <laughs> so we'll take a break. <laughs> BJ, thank you. I got to be careful. Thanks, I'm going to buy something I don't want now. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to George Kennedy the Third.
3: This is the drive. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study for J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit jdpowercom slash awards
0: this is the drive with alan taylor
1: well george kennedy the joins us now co-founder of cartender and he also is a freelance automotive journalist for car gurus boston globe u.s news and world report and he says to me that it's uh pretty snowy out there in boston <laughs> How you doing, George?
5: Yeah, yeah no. There's a uh, there's a pile of uh, snow outside my apartment that's taller than the vehicles next to it. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's winter in New England for you.
1: Do they call it a nor'eastern or something? Or I, I've, I've it's
5: a, yeah, it's a nor'easter is like if it if it gets pushed out to sea and then pushed back. It's, ah. I'm I'm not a meteorologist. All I know is it's, <laughs> it's more, it means more snow. <laughs> okay.
1: So I was in uh, as you know I was in Scottsdale and it was like almost seventy every day, perfect. Uh,
5: yeah, r- uh, rub it in, why don't you? Then? I know we lost about the weather and more about the cars. Uh,
1: I know, right? Well, you know what? <laughs> and I was talking to C- to BJ about this. There was such a mix of cars that it was like it was like everything was there. There was like 1,750 or 1,8... No, I think it was 1,850 cars, whatever it was. And they sold 100% of the cars. It's all... Wow. There's no reserve, so everything sells.
5: And... Uh, I like to hear the variety. You know what I mean? It's, you know, they're... I like to see it when there's something for everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's funny because... You know, I mean, I almost bought a couple. I didn't, thank goodness. Wait,
5: what'd you have your eye on?
1: Well, there was a Mustang, a 2007 Mustang GT 500 convertible, red, okay, black interior. That would have been fun. Yeah, and I had one, and I've wanted one since I had it. You know, I got rid of it, and uh, but it was serial number four. You know how I am? I like to have the low serial number. Yeah, and yeah. You can be like that. <laughs> you know how many miles it had on it? Uh, how much? How many? Forty-one. Miles. Oh. So it literally has been in mothballs for, you know, what's it been? 2007, uh, 21, 14 years, almost 14, 15 years, right? So here's this brand new car. And I thought to myself, oh, it's going to bring 100 grand. And we were talking, several people were talking. Tim Allen was there. I was talking with Tim Allen. You know, he's he goes almost every year. And, um, you know, who else was there? It was the count. Yep. The I count of cars or whatever it is, you know, out of Vegas. Chip Foose was there from overhauling and they sold overhauling car number one from the very first episode. Oh wow. But yeah, there was a lot of interesting. But the Mustang, it only sold for 53. And Craig Jackson is up on the stand, he goes, That was a deal. And I'm I, I had no bidder's number. I had there was nobody around me that I could say, let me use your number. Boom. And it was like I'm standing there going, boom, wait a minute. And then bam, it sold.
5: I, uh, yeah, look, I remember when you and I've done coverage before the uh, oh. the web simulcast, and you saw a car you liked uh, before it came across the block, and you just bolted and said, "Hey, take, <laughs> take, take over!" And there I am, just sort of that's staring right. at the camera. <laughs> that's right.
1: But I I wanted that one really bad. Of course, if I would have bid fifty four, he would have bid fifty five, and that's how it goes. But that people were asleep. Then there was the most surprising price of anything to me at Parrot Jackson we're talking about in Scottsdale. It was the 50th anniversary. And I think it brought just an enormous amount of people because of the anniversary, but also because they're kind of, uh, you know, they weren't mandating anything like just come. So I'm sure hundreds of thousands of people came throughout that whole week. But the the place was so packed uh, all the time. But the one that blew me away, and there was many, but the one that to me really blew me away was there was a 71 K5 Blazer. Did, did you hear about this? I'm just curious. Uh,
5: no, you know, you know how much I like those, though.
1: Yeah, me too. And uh, it was black and white. So just a good combination. Really nice. And let me tell you, it was really nice. What do you think it could have sold for? Just what do you think? Um, what year was it again? 71 Blazer. Real nice,
5: oh, you know. Been going, those have been going for pretty, uh, they, they've, they've been going up. Yeah, for I don't like, know, like, in, like,
1: 50K, no, 75K, no. higher? <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> 100K? More. Stop it. Come on. No, no, and that's uh, that's not unusual at this point. That's not okay, unusual. Okay, good point. I don't know, buck fifty More. No. Just keep going.
5: Seventy five More.
1: 200? More. 250? More more a half a million 400,000
6: <laughs> 400, <laughs> That is absurd. $1000.
1: 4
5: This is, just, is this like an original original K5 is that what the no, deal was No, no, no.
1: It was a completely like resto mod, beautiful, just the right look. But then so we thought, okay, well that's where two dummies, you know, got together and fought for uh, ego rights. Sure. But that's not where it stopped. It just kept going. There was one that brought like 350 also. What yeah, I mean, is this, going like, on? when
5: when like I said when you united the simulcast a couple of years ago we started to see this trend it was just starting to emerge where in the New England area you've got a lot of trucks a lot of SUVs and they were they were going for good money and that was just like like just the start of yeah. the trend no it just it's, kept on yeah. going
1: it, it was not unusual for a little C10 Chevy half ton pickup to bring when, a 100 we have talked about it before it's yeah.
5: they are classics that look cool they sound great and you can take them a few more places. And let's be honest, if we're talking about a car from the 60s a, or 70s, a muscle car and a, a K5 don't handle too far away from each other compared to, like, a Toyota Corolla in terms of, like, ride compliance.
1: All right. So what do you think the uh, overhauling, you know, Chip Foose and the overhauling TV show, car number one. Uh, that at oh, Yeah, what do you think that I, brought?
5: You know what? That's gotta be like $750. No,
1: see, now you've gone too far. <laughs> well, you, you put it in my head now, man. <laughs> I know. It brought $240 and it was just a 71 Chevelle. But you know, when I say just a 71 Chevelle, but 240 grand? That yeah. was still a hundred yeah. grand too you know much what? for them. You, you saw know.
5: a lot more of that in the like the last decade. Like maybe a decade ago, you saw a lot more of the like late 60s, early 70s cars going for obscene money. Yeah, that seems to have settled down. So like a special car like that boost car, now call you know now commands that sort of price tag.
1: All right. So the weirdest thing of all, though, I will say, the weirdest thing of all was my friend Dave Hall, who has a, a company called uh, Restore a Muscle Car. He's got a big shop in in Nebraska. He brought a brand new Bronco, the new Bronco, brand new. And I go, uh, I go, what are you bringing that for? I go, how much can you possibly make on the thing? He goes, I don't know. He goes, I brought two. And I went, You brought two? He goes, Yeah. He goes, I figured what the heck. So one was stock, stock is a rock. The other one, he put a set of wheels and tires on it and lifted it just a little bit and just a few things. Take a guess. Come on.
5: Um, I mean, okay, here's a question Did either
1: of them have a hard top? Um, one did take just take a guess. Come on. I don't know, like hundred grand. Hundred and fifty for the stock one. Two hundred for the one that had a lift kit on it. Big wow. deal. What are they doing? He only paid fifty-five thousand bucks for it from the dealer. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. But then there was the Broncos, the classic Broncos that were bringing $300,000 all day long. Oh my gosh. We're talking to George Kennedy. Don't go anywhere. George actually has some uh, new car stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah. Weird stuff. Barrett Jackson only at Barrett Jackson. We'll be right back. You
6: can call it
1: Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com slash wilderness.
0: Welcome back to The Drive. Now here's Automotive Expert. Television and radio host Alan Taylor.
1: And one thing I forgot to uh, mention is that uh, AutoHunter.com and ClassicCars.com are all part of Barrett Jackson now and the uh, Collector Car Network, which Barrett Jackson purchased. So they have the uh, online auction going on all the time, or the classifieds, or just the, uh, the journal, the Classic Car Journal, which you can now read and stuff. Um, Check it out, autohunter.com. If you want to auction off your car, it takes seven days. I did it. It was good. It was fun. Uh, George Kennedy joining us. George driving a Toyota 4Runner TRD Trails Edition. Is it a TRD Pro Trails Edition? I think
5: it's just the straight-up Trail Edition, but, I mean, it is is an off-road-minded
1: version of the 4Runner,
5: and I've always loved these vehicles. I had a 1985 4Runner in high school that, like, the roof came off and everything. Right. Love those vehicles. So try to be as impartial as possible. I mean, you know these vehicles, they they're kind of long in the tooth. Like this generation has been around for a while. Okay, so
1: this is the this is the not brand new new edition. This That's is refreshing. Right. I mean, uh, the the, yeah. the newest
5: news over at Toyota for trucks and SUVs is the Tundra and Sequoia. Right. When you go compact, the like we, we've seen with the Ranger for pickups uh in the Tacoma. And Frontier, it takes a while for these redesigns to go through because I just don't think the margins are there right. for the automaker or the dealer. So it's like, what incentive do they have to redesign this if they know that they're they're kind of become niche vehicles? Like these these body-on-frame, truck-based design SUVs are a little bit more niche these days when everyone's flocking to, like, the crossovers, right? Mm, so yeah. funny thing is, if you like these types of SUVs, then you like these types of SUVs and you won't be talked out of them. Right, um, right. It rides like a truck. When you tap on the brakes, it kind of leans forward, especially with the uh, the off-road minded suspension. The Trails Edition comes with this like all one tone. I mean, they've they've been doing this for years with the uh, the FJ Cruiser and the the Forerunner and the Tacoma. The Trail Editions, it's all monotone. It's always like a really cool color. This is almost like a like a shale pistachio color, and then it comes with like a uh, blacked out wheels and a big cargo rack on top, and like. Really, kind of, I would love to take this thing camping.
1: How, how much money was it? Just curious.
5: Yeah. So the, the Forerunner as a whole starts at, you know, somewhere down in the uh, 37 range. Right. The Trails Edition starts at 39. Oh, well, that's not and bad. Then, and then our, our test model starts at uh, cost 45. That doesn't, you know, there's no heated seats or heated steering wheel. That in there, no leather or anything like that. That uh-huh. is a pretty bare bones vehicle but you do get the v6 four-wheel drive you get the updated infotainment i think which came within the last couple years so it's got apple carplay and android auto finally so kind of the the things that people are looking for and people love these vehicles in spite of them being a little bit older in terms of their design right 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 so towing what about towing on this yeah so i know this v6 is like very torquey And, you know, I think the best you can do with this, and I don't think it's the Trail Edition can do this, is the 5,000 pounds. Right. properly equipped. So that might be a specific trim, might be a specific package. Sure, there's so many. Trail Edition might do it, but usually when you have an off-road-minded trim, what often happens is the gearing ends up giving up a little bit in terms of towing capacity.
1: Right, right, right. So this is probably the last generation of this because my feeling is they've got to come out with something new. They just got to. It's like immediately, hurry up! Toyota. Yeah, I could
5: see them coming out with something new in the next couple of years. But they've proven with the Sequoia that if they're going to redesign the truck, they're willing to do the SUV at the same time. So if there's a new Tacoma, then maybe we can see a new 4Runner at the same time.
1: Well, it's got like I said, both of them. They, they've got to, uh, they've got to get their game up, otherwise they're going to fall behind because everybody else is already talking about going everything electric, and Toyota hasn't even really. Has not even kind of caught up yet? Well, but look, right. they don't have what you, what you to. We did know that's the they're selling and, that and 100 animal. is that
5: they made up for lost time by making huge strides by going to twin turbo V six, by going to hybrids. Right. So, you know, they're not gonna do it incrementally. It's, it seems like it's just gonna be a big redesign where they put all the newest, best stuff into.
1: So did you like it though? I
5: mean, I mean, what's not I, to like about it? It was a 2021. Right. I liked it, but you got to remember, I like trucks that go yeah, off-road and do yeah. stuff like this. And, I used and to like the them. people that I know that are interested in a 4Runner yeah. will swear by a 4Runner in spite of its sort of maybe top-heavy ride quality well, and, and,
1: and whatnot. Here's a problem. I noticed the other day that people are asking the price of a brand new one for a two- or three-year-old model because people are not being able to get them. What is the accessibility of getting one of these? Do you know anything about that?
5: I know for when it comes to folks buying SUVs they're being encouraged to do direct order and that's not just no Toyota, that's across Everyone. the board that's because right. it's easier for a dealer to say, Okay, this one's on delivery for an order that's already been satisfied, right? as opposed to, to buying in bulk and hoping that the assortment of vehicles that they're purchasing match the buyer demand in their region.
1: <laughs> right. In other words, everything's already sold. You'll just need to order one. I'm sorry, mister.
5: Yeah, I mean, you yeah. might be waiting a several months, but they're also trying to incentivize you by doing it that way. So you I'm, might be able to get a good deal by doing the direct build. I am as trying, to trying to haggle on the dealer floor
1: right now to buy a diesel Jeep Gladiator. I just I don't know why. I want one. I, I don't want blame one. Me, man. Yeah. But I'm I'm finding that I'm gonna have to order one and they already cut off orders for 2022, so I might have to get a 2023. It's it's very frustrating. This whole thing, this pandemic crap has got to come to an end. We'll take a little break and talk about a Nissan Sentra next. Uh thanks to Toyota for letting George drive your uh Forerunner. We'll be right back. But
6: anyway. Last week for she wasn't home,
1: but anyway. getting a new ride is fun shopping online for a new car not so much stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try autotempest.com see all the cars with one easy search our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search.
0: Welcome back to The Drive. Now here's automotive expert, television and radio host Alan Taylor.
1: So talking with George Kennedy the third, and uh, that Toyota 4Runner was a 2022, as is his next car. He's going to talk about the Nissan Sentra. I keep forgetting we're in 2022 already. And yeah, the, I, well, what's out. funny
5: is there were a lot of automakers who said that, hey, we're going to redesign car X Y Z for 22. And then, because of obvious, you know, setbacks, they weren't able to do right. that. So yep. you do have a lot of twenty ones that are still being sold and being promoted.
1: Yep. Well, so what do you got here? A Nissan Sentra? How new is it? So this was fully redesigned in twenty
5: twenty. Okay. Um, and that was a much needed redesign. Sort of, you know, we were talking about the Forerunner and vehicles that maybe getting long on the tooth. The previous Sentra was pretty long on the tooth and kind of not really matching what buyers were looking for right now. It's funny, you know, you look at the the small car market, a lot is asked of those cars by their automaker. Not only do they have to compete in this, you know, highly contested segment where you've got, you know, the Honda Civics and Toyota Corollas of the world, but this is also the entry point for a lot of people coming into a brand. So this is a car that has to, you have to bake all of the, the attributes that make it enough so that a buyer wants to come in, you know, when they go up to the next car five years down the road they go to your next vehicle maybe your ultima maybe your maxima maybe your rogue and so you have to do that at an affordable price and what's funny is with the Sentra, it looks like a scaled down nissan ultima which is exactly what it should be inside sort of the same idea modern design you know pretty clean layout the funny thing about this the the Sentra is that like It isn't a standout in any one particular area, but there's also no major shortcoming either. It's like a pretty well-rounded vehicle, and honestly, there are some cars where you've got some big setbacks, and you're kind of trying to play trade-off. This car excels by just being pretty solid at everything.
1: So, again, I go to the price, because this car is kind of meat and potatoes for Nissan. It's a fantastic car. Always has been. They always have long life. They... They're 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 not you know it's kind of a, a little bit of a, a vanilla car you might say you can get them with a lot of equipment on it but you still got just your entry level car this is a commuter machine yeah. um, you know but they're good they're just good yeah, machines meat,
5: meat potatoes great way to describe that and like it starts at nineteen thousand five hundred dollars right. um, there's an SV trim which is sort of the value trim so you get some content for like twenty grand there's the SR is the range topping and then we drove the SR. Midnight Edition, so you got like blacked out wheels, blacked out grill, a black trim spoiler that had the SR Premium Package. So you're looking at stuff like synthetic leather, heated front seats, heated steering wheel, a moonroof, and funnily enough, it had um, I don't know if you remember from like the 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 early 2000s, like the underglow neon on some like tuner cars. Right. This has like factory underbody LED lights. And I don't mean <laughs> the puddle lamps on the side mirrors. Right. I literally mean LEDs under the body of the car. I, I um, it just makes no sense to me, but you know, okay. It, you know what? It was it wasn't like any crazy color. It was just like plain white and it looked pretty sharp. Yeah. So, I mean, with all that together, I mean, you're looking at 27,000 and that is like as optioned up as you could possibly do. Right. This is a pretty solid car, and, and once again, I, I mentioned how there are some cars in this segment that perform better in some areas than others. Right. This car doesn't have a real shortcoming when it comes to high speed or low speed. It doesn't excel in either, but it doesn't give up high speed acceleration for low speed or vice versa. You know what? I've,
1: I've gotten these in the last five years at uh, rental car places. Because I'm cheap and I get the cheapest car I can get. I got one one time for eleven ninety nine a day. <laughs> That's such a good deal. <laughs> but I always am like, kind of like pleased with the experience afterwards. Like that was really a nice little car. Yeah, and, it's got know. decent interior
5: space. I thought it. You know, once again, I'm six foot three. Yeah, had plenty of head and leg room. You know, you could kind of. It's got a good driver position, sort of a comfortable driver position. It's got the Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, so really. All you need is right there. It had the full suite of driver assistance features. So, you yeah. know, forward collision avoidance, lane departure warning. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, all that stuff. And it's so, you know, it's once again, like you said, meat and potatoes. But what qualifies as meat and potatoes has been elevated for 2022.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? I, I gave my wife the option of buying any car she wants in the whole world. And Of course, I, I can only say that because my wife is so frugal. She went around, and I went around with her. and We looked at all kinds of this, that, and the other, and I'm like, buy this one, buy that one, buy this one. I finally said, you know what? I am not going to try and um, influence you. You got to buy what you want. And I got to tell you, she ended up with a 2021 Nissan Rogue, and she picked me up at the airport after coming back from Barrett Jackson with you there, and I said, you know what? This really is a nice car. I believe that Nissan is the number one most overlooked car company on the marketplace, George, thank you, my friend.
5: You bet. Pleasure as always. All right.
1: I'm Alan Taylor. we got another hour. Don't go anywhere. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Buescher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. AutoTempest.com. All the cars. One search.
0: This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto news, exclusive interviews, real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television, and radio host, Alan Taylor.
1: Well, in hour two, we've got a lot of ground to cover. First, we're going to have Carl Brower on from iccars.com. Then we're going to flip over at the bottom of the hour to Brian Moody from Auto Trader. Each one of these guys got a lot to talk about. Carl starting out with a Maserati. Then he's going to talk about the new Tundra Hybrid drivetrain and their new high end capstone interior trim. And uh, let's see, what's uh, Brian going to talk about? Uh, luxury cars increasing. They're going to be making some heritage vehicles for FJ and uh, the 1990s era Supras. And then uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, used car prices are not likely to drop. But starting out with Carl Brower, I see cars.com. I see cars, at least car talk in my future.
4: Hi, Carl. <laughs> Hi, Alan. How are we doing today? I'm doing
1: good. Uh, I can see that you've been driving a Maserati, which means you're doing better.
4: <laughs> what do you got there i gotta t- yeah. i gotta tell you you know maserati certainly it's a brand with a storied history everyone hears that name and it's like ooh maserati but i think we also know that they've had their struggles off and on over the past you know 60 70 years they've been around a long time but they seem to be really getting a handle on what they want to do in their uh, near term and medium term future here and you know they've got the levante SUV that's, of course, selling great. Now it's their best-selling car. Surprise, surprise. It seems really? like every time a car company introduces their first SUV, guess what becomes their best-selling car within, like, <laughs> days of the SUV coming not, out Not a car. Uh,
6: so,
4: <laughs> right. Their first non-car for these high-end premium performance brands. So they're doing good, but this car that they've just introduced as a supercar called the MC20, it kind of pays homage to the MC12 that they had like 20 years ago, yeah. which was the Maserati version of the Enzo Ferrari, mid E 12 thing. And a lot of people, and I would probably be one of those people, said that they thought the MC12 Maserati was actually more attractive and had cooler styling than the uh, Enzo version of the same car, the Ferrari version, which was the Enzo from the early 2000s. Wow. But whatever. The the MC, if you look up MC12, you know, your, your listeners should look up MC12. It was a cool looking car. I'm going to look at uh, while you're uh, talking. I, Keep going. Yeah, and a very capable supercar, too. It didn't just look good. It was fast, and it was cool. And they hardly made any of them. They're more rare than the Enzo. So that's kind of like the secret cool car that a lot of people have never heard of, which is the the Maserati version of the Enzo called the MC-12. (laughs) This new one is called the MC-20, and it's just like the MC-12 from 20 years ago. It's a mid-engine car with a carbon fiber tub, and it's super advanced. But it's a twin-turbocharged V6 instead of the V12, and it makes 621 horsepower and 538 pound-feet of torque. Zero to 60 in 2.9 seconds. And like the MC-12, it's cool-looking, too. And I thought, you know, pictures of it look good. Looks even better in person, as so often the case with cars. Drives great. Exhaust note is fabulous. Super precise, like tight, super precise steering, carbon ceramic brakes. So just a really capable supercar that really we have not seen short of that MC-12, which was almost I don't want to call it a one off but I think it was like a 20 off. I don't know how many MC12s they made, you know, and they were expensive and a lot of people never even knew they existed. Oh, this yeah. will be a car that people will see and hear about and will be, you know, high enough volume that you'll see them driving around, i.e., the whole thing a halo car is supposed to do, which is to enhance your brand, even though most people may not still be able to buy these cars because of their pricing, just seeing the car makes the whole brand look better in people's eyes, and this Maserati MC20 is going to do that.
1: I'm looking at the MC12. You know what? <laughs> I got to agree with you. That is one awesome looking car. So I can only imagine. Is there pictures of the MC20 out as I'm uh, Googling? Yep. away? Okay, hold on. Let's see what that. Yeah, looks do
3: like. a Google. I've
4: got multiple really nice pictures in my Forbes article that's up if you want to go check it out. Ah. Got the yellow one in there, the red one, and all. It's just a sexy looking car.
1: Mm-mm-mm. So have you You have not driven it yet,
4: though? No, I drove it. I oh, drove you it did? At Willow Springs. I drove it on a racetrack. Oh, race
1: my goodness. Well, then. Hold on. It's yeah. Why is it taking so long for everything to come up on the doggone Internet today? Give me images. Come on. Anyway, that's, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Uh, it's it's trying. You know what? I wonder, just back to the MC-12 Maserati, I have not seen one of those in a long time. I remember the car. I remember. Beautiful. And then yeah. When I saw it, I was like, yeah, whatever happened to those? Uh, the yeah. rare hen's teeth, I guess, huh?
4: No, they're worth like big bucks. Yep. There's not that many of them out there. You see them every once in a while. You know where I saw one once? I always remember this. I was at the Detroit Auto Show, which used to always be in January, of course. It was snowing and cold outside. And I went to like, I think it was the Motor City Casino, whatever it was. The, the big One of the big casinos there near downtown Detroit. And I get out of the car. I've been transported over. I'm going to like one of the dinners, manufacturer dinners. And I'm walking in. Alan, there's an MC-12 sitting just outside the doors to the casino and there's a light dusting of snow on it because it was snowing at the time, and there's <laughs> snow all over it. And I don't think, I, I, I don't know if I didn't have my cell phone, or I was too cold, and I just wanted to right run in. I should have taken a photo. Oh, it's like, yeah. okay, I am never going to see an MC-12 with snow on it again. <laughs> I should really shoot a photo of this. What the hell is going on? Who By the hell drove this to the casino during Detroit's Detroit January Auto Show and parked it outside for snow to fall?
1: Right. Somebody that was damn cool, that's what I'm telling you. Hold on a sec, I'm going to take a break, let this load so i can see it we'll come back and talk about the new hybrid drivetrain in the new toyota tundra as well we're talking with carl brower he is with iccars.com
3: we'll be right back now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful dodge vehicle with enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study for J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. <laughs>
1: Oh, it was, I was off on that one. Dang it. Hold on. Ready, ready, ready? Pump it. Oh, no. Ah, I can't do it. I'm just not good. I, I should not rap. But I'll tell you what I have seen the MC20 Maserati. Oh, my gosh. It's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, Carl Brower joining us. Uh, ICCars.com. Carl, um, this one that I'm looking at is white beautiful. It, it, it looks like it has kind of like a little hue of blue going on there. What's is Am
4: I seeing that right? It's so cool in person. Oh my God. It's got this blue pearl that they've put into the white hmm. and you know, you can see the curves on the car obviously. And in the bright sunlight, right at like the curvature of like a fender or whatever you're looking at, or the contours around the, the vents behind the doors, there's this blue hue in those curving contours as you stare at it under light. Hmm. It's pretty. It's pretty, I got to tell you. And, uh, you know, it has this kind of real presence on paper. It looks good. And on film, it looks good. But when you're standing there on pavement next to it, it really has a substantialness to it. And all it, it kind of looks like this big, meaty sports car. And yet it weighs 3,300 pounds, got a love a carbon fiber tub. Mm. And it does 0 to 60 in 2.9 seconds. So while it, it visually has this kind of strength and substance to it, it functionally is what you want in a sports car, nimble, precise steering, responsive, and fast.
1: So I'm looking at pictures of it, and then I flip over to the, um, what we'll call the classic MC12, which I agree with you, possibly a very overlooked car that was, you know, I I don't know what they cost now. Who knows? I haven't seen one in, in years, but beautiful car. But the MC20 looks smaller to me is it smaller? I mean, obviously, I see them side by side, but I mean, it looks a,
4: quite a bit smaller. It's got to be a little bit narrower and a little bit probably shorter because, yeah, that Enzo-based MC12 was, you know, just like the Enzo. I mean, you picture one of those in your head; it's, it's a lot of car. So this isn't quite that large in terms of fo- overall footprint, but it's not that much smaller. I don't think it would be that much smaller, I mean, and I think on a terms of just a pure visual basis, I you know, I think you'd agree with me, Alan. You know, this one at 215 the starting price ain't cheap for the MC20, but that's still a lot less than that MC12 cost, and it looks almost as good. I think. Well,
1: if the MC12 back in what year was that? Early 2000, sometime 2000,
4: 2005, two, oh oh 06, maybe, you know, I think it came out slightly after the Enzo, which was like three, four, five. So it might have been four, five, six, four, so five, six.
1: Those were, I mean, if that's Enzo based because of the some relationship, I guess. Was Maserati owned by Ferrari, or what was the relationship? Just two Italian both, were
4: owned, both were owned by FCA.
1: That's, oh, that's uh, right. That's what it was for that little bit of time there.
4: Actually, FCA didn't exist, right? Because FCA didn't, didn't come in until the until the break for the issues in the late 2000s. But Who was before it? it was FCA, it was Fiat Motor Group, <laughs> and Fiat Motor Group owned Ferrari and Maserati.
1: Right, 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 right. That's what it was. Okay, and that's why we also got... Boy, this whole FCA, and now it's Stellantis, and before that it was this and that, and for a time there yep. it was Daimler Benz, Daimler Chrysler, right? Yep. And so that's yep. why some of these vehicles were Mercedes Benz underpinned, and but the Enzo underpinned MC12 that those have got to be in the in maybe a million
4: dollars. I don't.
1: Can you have imagined?
4: Probably more, Alan, because Enzos are worth more than they they sold it. They were supposed to be six hundred and sixty new. And they went to like a million pretty much instantly because of how few were made and how much everyone wanted one. I don't think they ever did go below a million, even in the few years after when cars Mm. might drop. Mm. I think they're in the multi-millions now for an Enzo. And they built fewer MC-12s. I'm not sure. I think they built 399 or 400, I want to say, Enzos. Mm. And I don't think they built that many MC-12s. I think they built maybe half as many or a third as many of those. There might be 100 to 150 MC-12s out
1: there. Wow. It looks like they make them in uh, silver and black and uh, mustard yellow, white, red, uh, whatever color you want. And uh, you said you can add 100000 bucks worth of extras?
4: Boom! Yeah. Oh, yeah, boy. but they're all pretty. I think, I, you know, I always say however many colors a car can pull off shows how good its inherent design is. And oh, man, every color on that MC20, the MC20 new one looks good. All
1: right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Toyota's new hybrid drivetrain, I don't know. I don't know how I spent that much time on a Maserati because I'll never, I'll never have one of those. Damn it! <laughs> oh, you never know. We'll take a break. I, whoo, Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com/Wilderness.
0: This is the Drive with Alan Taylor.
1: Our show brought to you in part by Subaru. Thanks to Subaru for sponsoring the show. Also, Brembo, the choice of champions. Brembo Brakes. Carl Brower is joining us right now from iccars.com. And uh, I'm very jealous of the Maserati MC20 that he's been driving. So we'll move on to trucks now, Carl. Um, The new Toyota Tundra hybrid drivetrain and something called a Capstone High-end trim model, and then the world debut of the 2023 Toyota Sequoia, of which you got to pack into seven minutes. Go.
4: Ah, well. So what happened
1: is. <laughs> Slow down. <now>. Uh, <laughs> There's a speed limit in this show, you know.
4: Be <laughs> yeah, that old FedEx commercial. So the Capstone is the new top-top-end version of the new Tundra, which is all new for 2022. But we hadn't driven that. They hadn't even told anyone they were going to do it until this past week. The embargo broke, but we just drove it a week earlier. And you know, Toyota has watched Ford and General Motors and Dodge Ram, Ram cash Ram. in on these high-end trucks that right. are just like, some would say stupid expensive. I wouldn't use those words, but some people might use Oh, those words.
1: They, they are really- stupid expensive trucks. <laughs>
4: I, I would. <laughs> But they're hugely premium, you know, the, the, the quality of the leather inside and the, you know, kind of the... Wait a minute, the,
1: wait a minute. So what you're going to tell me is that Toyota is going to offer the Capstone high-end luxury trim for a really good deal? Is that what
4: you're saying? Like 50 grand? Is that what you're um, saying? Um, <laughs> yeah, the starting price for the Capstone version of the Tundra. Seventy-five thousand two hundred and twenty-five dollars, including oh. the sixteen ninety-five destination charge. So you do get that included for that seventy-five. Oh, nice! How, how
1: nice of them.
4: Yeah, but it's 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 a pricey truck, but wow. it's, it's got a it's standard with a big panoramic sunroof, four by four, uh, you know, drivetrain. It comes with the iForce Max, which is their top engine choice, which is a twin-turbo three-point-five-liter V-six, ten-speed automatic, and an electric motor, adding up to 437 horsepower and 583 pound feet of torque, and the 583 hits at 2,400 RPM.
1: Wait a minute, so are you talking about prop- the Maserati again? Or are we talking about the same thing in a Toyota? <laughs> That's a <laughs> lot. I know, I-
4: I was yeah. getting confused. Maserati's 538 torque, and the Tundra, believe it or not, is 583 torque, so trust me, I had to keep them straight, I, too. But I know.
1: Well, I thought, wait a minute. He's making a mistake. Carl, read the script a little closer there about <laughs> it.
4: <laughs> dude, dude, I'm telling you, Alan, this thing's fast. It has a wow. lot of pulling power, and we towed with it. We went off-roading and all. It's a powerful drivetrain, so I'm very impressed. Wow. And it still gets like 22 mixed on the freeways, 24, and cities, 20, and it's 22 mixed. But it can pull, and it sounds, this is the best part. And I did a video on this, too. It's in my Forbes story. The sound is amazing. It's got this twin turbocharged V6. You're like, oh, gosh. You roll into the throttle, it sounds as meaty as any V8 truck I've driven. I'm not kidding. You can hear it in the video. I get into it. I'm like, listen to this. This sounds like a cool V8. You know, and, it's a, and it's a twin turbo V6. So really a fabulous drivetrain, fuel efficient, super powerful torque, broad torque band. And a fabulous sound. All right, really so cool sound.
1: let me build them up in order to tear them down, okay?
4: <laughs> sure. um, Toyota is,
1: you know, funny, oddly, they're known for pretty good drivetrains. I mean, I was like, I can't really say anything bad about their drivetrains. They're just good stuff. Why did they partner with uh, BMW on that uh, the Supra? Probably just because they didn't want to build an inline six-cylinder. But I got to say that Toyota... With their engineering and the fact that they came out with the first hybrid vehicles and, you know, of our modern age anyway, and they've done very well with them. Very, very, Mm. very um, hats off to um, Toyota for doing, very impressed with all that. Now let's just tear them down. Ugly! Oh, did I say that? (laughs) I, You know, I mean, and, and you know what's funny is Chevrolet General Motors, they had a commercial for a while, don't you buy no ugly truck? And I think Chevrolet and General Motors, they got some ugly trucks. And I'm driving one. I have a GMC. I own one. An older one, though, when they were actually decent looking. I don't like the design. I don't like Toyota's new front end. Looks like Every cow in the world is afraid because it looks like it's got a cow catcher front end. You know, cattle, <laughs> whatever they call it. It's like, what is going on with the design of these giant grills? I don't know. The trucks are great. There's no question about it. But I don't know, people, these automakers are having a hard time making good-looking trucks lately, and it could be because they're preparing us for the ugliest of trucks, which are the electric ones. But (laughs)
6: that's just my
1: opinion. (laughs) Anyway, I think Ford's got the best-looking truck, and I don't even own one right now. That's funny.
4: Anyway. Well, remember that Ram, when it came out in 94, with that Dodge Ram, when it was still Dodge Ram, and that had that big-rig front-end. And it actually started to gobble up market share. And of course, recently it's been beating Silverado, the Ram. So I think ever since then, it was like the world, the truck segment was on notice with all the truck makers, like, oh man, the truck's got to look median,
6: manly. We got a
4: manly truck. And so you kind of have some people who've gone a little overboard. I still think the Ram looks really good, but uh, I think some of them have tried to be like, we're going to do it better than Ram. It's like, you know. If a little is good, more isn't always better, guys.
1: All right. Well, so we're gonna have to hold over the world debut unless you can thirty seconds on the Sequoia. What is it? What's the story? Thirty seconds.
4: Sequoia, well, it's a tundra with a back seat and a roof over the back seat area instead of an open bed. But it's it really looks good. It's a twenty twenty three tundra, it's coming soon. And it's gonna have a capstone high end premium luxury trim as well. It looks good and it's gonna have that great drivetrain. So I'm very optimistic about the new Sequoia, all new Sequoia.
1: Have you driven it? No, I sat in it though and played around with it. That doesn't count. That doesn't. I don't want to hear about sitting in it. I want to hear you shredding a mountain. I want the (laughs) uh, the, the, the coal miners going, we need one of those. We just shred the mountain with that thing. All right. Carl Brower, thank you, sir. This is to pay homage to the better looking trucks. This is called You're Beautiful. <laughs> Coming up next is Brian Moody from AutoTrader. Carl Browers with ICCars.com. ICCars.com. I'm Alan Taylor. We'll be right back.
0: My life is brilliant. My love is pure.
1: Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You'll probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor.
1: And joining us right now is Brian Moody, executive editor at Autotrader.com and old friend of mine. And uh, Brian says luxury car sales are increasing. Now, oddly enough, I uh, was uh, walking a little while ago with a friend of mine to go look at one of my cars at a repair shop. And I said, um, you know, these Hummers, man, they're going through the roof, the old Hummer H2s. And um, he says, yeah, but I like the more raw ones, the H1. And I said, yeah, and I was supposed to look at one on Monday, and I I didn't. And and I thought, but those are like tractors, you know. And then I thought, I'm into luxury things these days. I like to be comfortable. So I I guess there's a lot of people out there like me, Brian. Welcome to the show.
7: Yes, guilty as charged. I don't think that the H2 is luxurious, though, do you? I always no. think of it as, like, this guy from Arizona <laughs> that, like, that, like, scraped, like, you know, he's paying, like, $800 a month. And For gas. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't think those were that impressive. I think the H1 was more impressive just because of its capability. Yeah. Um, But you always see like in that bright yellow color. Yeah. And it's, like, it's always, like, the the courtesy vehicle for, like, some seedy strip club or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. That's the way I think of H2. not very flattering, I know. Well, right well it's
1: funny because I was in Arizona at Barrett-Jackson, and I saw a lot of them there, and I saw a, a lot of them, you know, not a lot, but several of them go across the block including an h1 for a gigantic number. I can't remember what it was about. It was like, "What?" And I was standing there I talking. Can see that. Yeah. Well, yes, because they are very expensive, but the military version is the one I was going to going to buy yeah. uh, or look at anyway. You can buy those at auction at, at military surplus auctions for, I don't know, between $15 and $25,000 depending on the condition with very few miles. Wow. But there's, you know, there's issues with getting titles and other things that I've heard. I've heard stories. And the reason why I was even interested in this is because it had a real title and license plates and everything. And so, but then I thought, no, that's like driving a a Kubota tractor around town. Just doesn't have all the implements. So I, I was leaning back into the luxury side of what I have a 2012 GMC SLE crew cab, four wheel drive. And I thought, you know what? That is luxury. Now, today's trucks, these beautiful trucks that we get to buy for, you know, 80 to 100 grand are like, you know, yesterday's Cadillacs. They're so comfortable. So I, I do like, uh, you know, luxury and comfort these days, at this age of my life, this time of my life. But what do you got going on with this luxury car sales are increasing? Well,
7: so here's the thing. A lot of people are talking about new car prices are going up. The transaction mm-hmm. prices are going up. And, and you know, you can see this on Kelly Blue Book, they, they published this thing in December, the average transaction price, which is the price that cars are actually selling for, right? Not what they were listed as, what they're right. actually selling for. Above forty-seven thousand dollars. That's a lot. But but one of the reasons is not just because the prices of cars are going up, they certainly are, but more people are opting for luxury cars. Mm. So you know, from November to December of just last year luxury vehicle sales were about 18% of the market, a little bit more than 18% of the market. By comparison, if you go back a few years, it was only about 15% of the market. So more people are opting for luxury vehicles. And here's one other little tidbit for you. In December of 2021, the average luxury buyer paid about $65,000 for a new vehicle more than $1,300 above sticker price. Whew. So by comparison, just over a year ago, luxury vehicles were on average selling for more than $3,000 under sticker price Yeah, just a year ago. Yeah. So we walked down. So people down. are opting for luxury cars. Yeah,
1: and I, I totally agree. I mean, everybody's following me, I guess. You know, when you're the leader in the world like this of the automotive universe, that's what happens. But uh, I was walking down to the Cadillac GMC, what used to be Oldsmobile, Let's see. Cadillac, GMC, Oldsmobile, but no Oldsmobile anymore. Whatever else. uh, GMC. Let's see. I I guess at this point, it's just Cadillac, GMC. They had five new cars, five on the whole lot. So they're not. Yeah. And they're. I mean, that's this is GMC is the premium side of, you know, the Chevrolet division. It's kind of like in between a Chevy and a Cadillac. You have GMC and they're more expensive and they're more luxurious with the Denali and the rest. But uh, they had a Cadillac and a Denali, uh, so a Cadillac Escalade and a Denali SUV, and maybe two or three other cars. What is going on? Why are these car lots being emptied out? Because people want luxury, but they
7: can't get the cars. Yeah, they just don't. I mean, it's the the same thing that we've been seeing, which is that there's high demand and there's low supply. Right. And, you know, manufacturers are definitely ramping up production, but it's going to take... You know, this isn't like, this isn't software. This is something that has to be done in the physical world. So as manufacturers ramp up production, even if they have all of the cars they need, they still have to be shipped and they have to be processed and they have to make it to those places. And, you know, so I think that will alleviate in the near future, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it's not going to be tomorrow.
1: Well, you know what they say, the average car today doesn't just have, you know, a, a few little semiconductor chips. They've got hundreds, yeah. and the more luxury you add to it, it gets into the thousands of chips per car. And so uh, with these chip shortages, you know, we now we have car shortages too. Gosh, all right, well, that's, you know, I, I'm it's sad that we're at this place in time where you know these car dealers are sitting here begging to buy cars that's driving all the prices up i know that's another topic we're going to talk about matter of fact let's do that next used car prices are not likely to uh, suddenly drop and it's for all the same reason we'll come back and talk about that uh, talking to Brian Moody, autotrader.com. You can find all this information at their website. Autotrader.com. Stories, videos, buying and selling of cars and leases and all these things. Go check it out, autotrader.com. This is The Drive. We'll be right
0: back.
3: And after he's been hooked, the one that's on his heart.
0: Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor.
1: Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit BuyBrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America and around the world. Talking about cars, SUVs, electric vehicles, new and used cars, trucks, minivans, full-size vans, full-size trucks, uh, airplanes that drive on the ground, and cars that fly, whatever else in the automotive universe. Brian Moody joining us, executive editor at Autotrader.com, longtime friend. Brian, you know, I uh, saw that we were together on that uh, Iceland trip. And it was a long time ago. Time flies. Seven years, I think it said. Didn't that seem? Yeah, it was like... Or was it five? Bam! I don't know. Whatever it was, I was like, my goodness, that seemed like it was like yeah. two months ago. But anyway, you know, that's because uh, I've got COVID <laughs> brain. Everything's like two months ago. So we're talking about uh, new cars and luxury car sales increasing, which also is the same in the used car category. You guys say at autotrader.com, used car prices are not likely to suddenly drop. Everybody is kind of, you know, kind of, I think, realizing that. They've been sitting on their hands, and after going to Barrett right. Jackson and watching the price of these classic and collectible cars go through the roof, I realize people are like, I got all this money sitting here from all of the um, the money the government's been giving me to not work, <laughs> you know, it's like the bank accounts are full and they're going to go and, and spend as gigantic amounts of money on these classic cars, which kind of surprised me because, you know, I mean, we're in some, you know, dare I say, you know, perilous times. We don't know what's going to happen next. And people are spending a half a million bucks for, you know, uh, a classic car. It, it makes no sense at all. A Blazer sold for $400,000. Yeah. 71
7: Blazer. It's like, what? So anyway.
1: What do you think about this uh, not suddenly well, in a drop stuff?
7: No, they're not. And I think this is what people are concerned about, and, and reasonably so, right? Like you see, if you were a customer going out to do a, you, let's say that, let's just say, just pretend for a second, Alan, let's just say that the average person who I'm talking about couldn't afford a six-figure Blazer. Let's just pretend for one second. <laughs> and they're concerned about their buying a Camry or buying a Nissan Armada or whatever, and used. And so they're thinking, oh, I'm going to pay these prices today. And then what's going to happen eight months from now, it's going to be worth nothing. And I'm going to be stuck holding the bag when I go to sell it. That's probably not the case. And here's why. Cox Automotive, which is the parent company of Auto Trader, does a bunch of research. They have access to, you know, lots of data. And really, in four specific instances, we found that anything that exceeded a 13% drop was just non-existent it was it was very very rare for it to be that high so here's a, a couple of examples in late 2001 after September 11th the values on these cars fell by 5.7% and then recovered within 6 months so what's happening now is not nearly that bad mm. there's also the global financial crisis of 2008 resulted in a 12.6% decline over the course of 3 months but the market recovered within 7 months So what we're talking about now is not going to be as bad as those things. So the idea that there would be a huge drop in prices exceeding 12, 13 percent, not likely. It's just not likely because what's happened is a lot of these cars that people are buying, the reason that their prices are high is because they're hard to find. Right. And so that's probably, we're not manufacturing more used cars, but we are manufacturing more new cars. So whatever you have that you're going to sell in a year, you're probably going to be okay. Could it be a little under what you paid? Yeah, maybe. But the the idea of the bottom just falling out in terms of used car prices is, you know, $400,000 Blazers notwithstanding, your is probably going to be okay.
1: Isn't that weird? But if you think about it, if you watch the news and you, um, you know, kind of get caught in the fear-mongering thing, you know, is, are we going to be in war? Are we going to do this or that? And, you know, but let's just say for a moment we all of a sudden are in the midst of a war because, you know, I mean, these things can happen if you watch, if like I'm watching this stuff going, wait a minute there, why are there, why is Russia putting all these tanks on the border? You know, it's like, so if all this all of a sudden does happen, what happens to our market? Does it crash or do we
7: have that much it, of a supply?
1: I mean, may, the d- demand. May,
7: but, but here's the thing that people, when, when these types of things happen, people start thinking things like, you know what? I'm not going to use the bus anymore. I'm going to get a car. Um, I might uh, need to get out quick, right, but the truth is right. when you watch stuff on TV, like what is their business model? Their business model is to frighten you, right? Their business model is not, Hey, Alan, everything's fine. Cause right. what are you going to do tomorrow? You're not going to watch <laughs> right, if you right, get true. people all whipped up into a frenzy yeah. because, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? I better watch tomorrow too. That's right. That's the business model. Isn't that funny?
1: Wow. So let me ask you then. This market, you think it's going to be like this for a number of years, or do you think it's going to slowly just kind of uh, tail off? This crazy. I would
7: say by the beginning of twenty twenty three, you're probably going to be more like what we would consider to be normal. Yeah. Um, But what might change is the way new cars are sold might change. You might have some dealerships say, "Hey, we don't need to pay huge real estate fees on this gigantic lot to stock a bunch of cars. We'll just stock a handful." And then we'll let people order them. Now that's a, I can't promise that's the case, but that's one possibility that might come up as a result of all this.
1: You know what we were talking about the other day, just over you know uh, a cheeseburger was, and, and my cheeseburger was really good. It gave me a stomachache. It was so good, you know, you know that size of a cheeseburger. <laughs> it's way too big. It was as big as my head. But anyway, was that people are now they've almost been trained to do things differently, like order a new car. Who orders a new car? You go down there, you're like, I want that one. I want that blue one. I want that white one. But those aren't there anymore. So now you really, you almost have to order a new car. So they've, we've almost like retrained the um, consuming public to order cars. So now, the like for example, the uh, 2022 Jeeps, they cut off orders already in January for 2022 models. You can't order them anymore. Now you got to order a 2023 because they can't build enough in time yeah. for the year. So the, the world same was, with the
7: Maverick, the Ford Maverick. Is,
1: okay, see, so it, wow, it, it like they cut off ordering in
7: January. Who does that? How do they do that? Supply and demand. Well, yeah, I think they also. I think people are starting to realize, you know what? Maybe I don't need a gigantic V8 powered full size pickup to do my everyday duties. Maybe a hybrid Ford with some towing capacity that's 20 grand, right. maybe that will get the job done. Gets, I think that's what people are saying.
1: Yeah. That gets 40 miles to the gallon instead of 14 or 10, if you're lucky on some of these. But yeah. no, yeah. I would never say don't buy a big V8 powered engine. You know me, I would never say that. It may have to be. If a you diesel. need it, then
7: get
6: it. If yeah. you want it, then get it. <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> we come back. We're going to talk about Toyota. And how it's going to start making parts for heritage vehicles like the FJ40 and uh, the 90s era Supra. Crazy! We'll be right back.
0: Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor.
3: Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle with enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true. It's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study for J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit jdpower.com awards.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Is the drive with Alan Taylor?
1: And thanks to Subaru for sponsoring our show. You know, without our sponsors,
0: we wouldn't be here.
1: So thank you, uh, Subaru and all the folks there. Love it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Uh, Brian Moody joining us, uh, and he is the executive editor of uh Auto Trader, executive editor, Brian. So, uh, yeah, sir. Toyota. Obviously, is seeing what's happening with the FJ40 and the the Supras of well, almost any um, almost except the new ones. I can I just confess that I blew it. I bought one, and they were not as popular as I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going. This is the awesome cards, BMW powered. You know, it's like kind of like America is a melting pot of. You know, beautiful people because of the the mixture of cultures and the mixture of people from yeah. all around the world. And I thought this is a beautiful machine. Look at this, and you know, turbo this and that, and a battle shift and blah blah. And I'm like, I bought one, and you know what? I sold it. They had a few quirky things, so I don't know. The history will tell. I think it's going to take the aftermarket to pull this vehicle into greatness? Because I thought it was great out of the gate, but evidently everybody else didn't think that way. Maybe it was a purist. It's pretty good.
7: Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, know, it's a it's Toyota. Not, it's not the... It's not the 80s and 90s Supra. No. You know? Yeah. It's a different thing altogether.
1: Yeah, no, I know. But I, listen, I was wrong. I'm not wrong very often. I really resent having to admit that on the air, but I was
6: wrong. <laughs>
7: <laughs> All right, so what, what is the I story of this? I more interested in the old one. I, I yeah. like grand touring cars, not sports cars necessarily. Yeah. And the old one was a grand touring car. Big, powerful, cushy. I like that. But this one is a sports car.
1: Yeah. So, FJ40s. These things are, you know, at, at, at Bear jackson again. Ridiculous, hundred and fifty grand. You know, I mean, it's like what? You know, I used to buy these for two or three grand. You know, and it's like not anymore. Not anymore.
7: So, what are they doing? Well, I. So, like everything, automakers are motivated by you know. I mean, listen, they make cool stuff, and I think that a lot of automakers look around at the environment and say, listen, we made this cool thing, this FJ or this CJ or this Corvette or this whatever it is and everybody else is making stacks of money selling parts for. Well, why don't we get in that business? And that's why you have now, you know, TRD parts that you can buy at the dealership. Honda has the same thing. They want to they want to capture some of that some of those dollars. They want to put cool wheels and give you cool choices for wheels when you go buy a car. So, similarly, Toyota is starting to remanufacture or they're going to be reissuing parts for older models, specifically the FJ40. That's Ah, uh, one of the early land cruisers, the boxy Jeepy looking thing. Right. And you know, they'll you'll be able to get parts from Toyota for that. Weather stripping, you know, starters, that kind of stuff. And right. also the A seventy generation of the Supra. And that's the one that's between the late eighties and the early nineties, the one that's kind of the most popular. Right. So it makes sense, you know, that Toyota is like, hey, listen it's a good place to be because it shows that people care about their products. Like you were saying, years from now, will anyone care about the current Supra? I don't know. But it's a good place to be when customers have enough of an affinity for your vehicles, past and present, right. that you can make a business of beginning to remanufacture old parts because that just shows that those cars mean something to people.
1: Well, I think the aftermarket world will do some things. I remember talking to Antron Brown, he's like three or four time world champion. NHRA drag race driver and he drives for Toyota and, and he got a Supra. And so he and I were talking, I said, you got one, I got one. He goes, yeah, he goes, I'm going to uh, do this, that, and the other, it's going to be 600 horsepower. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah. And I go 600 horsepower. That's for that little thing. It's going to be crazy. And so the aftermarket is going to just turn that thing into a rocket ship, which they already, they already are. I'm seeing it more and more, but They're as the quick, years, yeah. yeah, as the years go on, they will make it iconic. Somebody will put it in a movie like Fast and Furious, and it'll it'll catch fire and it'll go. But man, out of the gate, they didn't do so well. And there was another oddity about those cars that above thirty five miles an hour, if you roll down the window, you had this buffeting noise.
7: Yeah, and yeah, it's like, right.
1: who builds a car that does that? What, what happened? You didn't roll down the window in the in the in the wind machine or whatever the wind tunnel's like. What happened? Anyway, well, it's nice to hear that Toyota is embracing some of their heritage vehicles like the FJ40 and the old uh, Supras. Um, congratulations to the folks at Toyota for that. Uh, is there a story about this at uh, autotrader.com, I assume?
7: Absolutely is, of course. Autotrader.com, and there's tons of cool stuff like that and others. Um, yeah, and also you can, you know, if you want to find that specific thing for sale, yeah, it's a good place to look.
1: No doubt. My first choice for many, many years, I will tell you. Woo-hoo! Auto Trader. Uh, Brian, thank you. Uh, they told me. They go, that's how I, I can go. Yes, I can go play now. I can go play with my cars. Oh. Hootie-hoo! All right, Brian, thank you. And thank you guys for listening out there. Brian and I are going to uh, find something automotive to do. See you next week. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family, featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com slash Wilderness.